SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. In this opening hour of TMA, it's a whole bunch of basketball. As we go around the association in the final two weeks, the home stretch of the NBA regular season, playoff positioning is on the line right now for every team in the NBA as they look to the postseason of course we have college hoops to break down as well some early lines uh, to look at for the final four and i make that joke because joining us here for the opening hour of a tuesday tma it is one of the co-hosts of the early line and the money line each and every weekday 7 a.m to 9 a.m eastern all across the spiz grizz and then 1 to 3 p.m eastern time on sirius xm channel 159 okay dubs Kevin Walsh back in the mix on this Tuesday, looking mm. great in that Spiz Grizz polo. <laughs> we had to, we had to, we had to break out the old team, the team action here, man. We're feeling tangy on a Tuesday. You know how it goes. I am jazzed up. There is slander in the air, and I am. Ready. Oh. I love that when you come on this show for this opening hour on Tuesday, I feel like you really get to unlock your truest self. You get tangy. You get to slander. You can do everything you need to do here on the morning after. It is always a safe space for you, my friend. Okay, Dubs. Kevin Walsh. All right, let's get into it because the slander might be coming out pretty early. Instead of Turtleneck Tuesday, let's start calling this Tangy Tuesday on the wow. early after. When the morning after and the early line combine forces because... We got some news yesterday, some big breaking news in the NBA. Robert Williams, the outstanding big man for the Boston Celtics this year, nearly averaging a double-double for the Seas, has a torn meniscus and will miss an indefinite amount of time. And Kev, we saw immediate, and I mean immediate movement, in the Eastern Conference odds board. The Boston Celtics yesterday at this time had the third shortest price at plus 350, only 50 cents behind the Bucks and the Nets, who were co-favorites at the top of this board. Now you look at the refreshed Eastern yeah. Conference odds. It's Milwaukee as the lone favorite at plus 270. You have the Brooklyn Nets with the second best price at plus 280. A drop off to Philly at plus 440. And now Boston and Miami tied for the fourth best odds at plus 500. Kev, were you surprised after the Bobby Williams news to see this much movement in the East? Yes and no. What a cop-out. I'll explain. Yes, because how many people really know how valuable Robert Williams is to this team? Not a ton. No, because Robert Williams is really valuable to this team. Now, I'm not going to turn this thing up to 10 and say he's more important than Jason Tatum. That's oh a little silly. <laughs> But advanced catch-all metrics that shine bright on do-it-all players. Robert Williams leads the Celtics in win shares. Robert Williams leads the Celtics in box score plus minus. 
His offensive rating, a 147, which is impossible for someone who plays as many minutes as Robert Williams. His defensive rating, best on the team, at 102. Look, the Time Lord has been fantastic for Boston. They've got guys, Tice, Horford, but this team's much better when Robert Williams is out there. And a welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here on a tangy Tuesday on the morning after. That has become the early after because old K-Dubs Kevin Walsh is here as well. Sirius XM Channel 159. All of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the fold as well. I am Ben Stevens. Looking at the Boston Celtics, some bad news for Boston yesterday. Their big man down low, who has been sensational all season long, for the seas, Robert Williams has a torn meniscus, will miss an indefinite amount of time, obviously, in the final two weeks of this NBA regular season, heading into the playoffs. Terrible timing for the Celtics, who at this time yesterday were tied atop the Eastern Conference standings for that number one spot, and based on a tiebreaker, actually had that number one seed over the Miami Heat. Now Boston, plus 500, tied for the fourth best price alongside the Miami Heat. So, Kev, also yesterday, the Celtics had their six-game win streak snapped on the road up in the Great White North by the Toronto Raptors. Of course, no Robert Williams, no Jason Tatum, no Jalen Brown. It goes to overtime, and Toronto prevails for a 115-112 win. A good effort for the Seas, who do cover as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog. 100%. We've seen this throughout the NBA. Be very cautious, you know, early line in these games. Oh, I got the Raptors minus four. I knew these guys were going to be out. Closes eight. Not worth a darn thing. Be very cautious with those. Credit to Boston. I'll just say this if you're the Celtics. It's not all bad that Robert Williams is injured, as, of course, Celtics fans love to put no expectations on their own team and say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Our window isn't now. It's okay. We were eliminated in the first round. It's okay. We're favored in every series we're eliminated in. Please, please, please. What do you mean we didn't have Bob Williams? It's a good day for the Boston. Tangy Tuesday, indeed. The Raptors, meanwhile, have won three straight, nine of their last 11, covered in all but one of those nine wins here as of late. That was last night as an eight-point favorite against the Celtics. More NBA talk on a Tangy Tuesday up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Around the association we go on a newly coined Tangy Tuesday here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Alongside OK Dubs Kevin Walsh, the man that makes this the tangiest of all programs on the Spiz Grizz. I am Ben Stevens. The focus is on the NBA. Less than two weeks left of this regular season. Seven, eight games remaining for most teams around the association. So we look at where things stand entering the postseason. And the Denver Nuggets now have carved out a little bit of a lead for that sixth spot in the West with a two-game advantage over the T-Wolves to stay out of the play-in tournament. Up to a two-game lead based on on a Denver win last night on the road in Charlotte. The Nuggets knocking off the Hornets 113-109, just barely covering as a three, 
three and a half point favorite. Kev, on the other side, Charlotte entered last night, winners of seven of their last eight, but another Nikola Jokic triple double, 26 points, 19 boards, 11 assists, all five starters for Denver scoring double figures, and the Nuggets get a four point road victory. Yeah, look, solid win for Denver. The Hornets back to back. Obviously, they just beat the Brooklyn Nets, so it was uh, Denver was favored. They were in a good spot there. Here's my thing with Jokic, though 26, hmm. 19, and 11. Respectfully. Does anybody care? It is very interesting how much the Jokic performances are just, yeah, I got you. Okay. Like, I, I've, I've maintained this, and it, you'll see it tonight because Giannis and Embiid are going head to head. That right. game features the only two players left in the MVP race. Jokic is not going to win this. It doesn't mean he's not having a fantastic season. It doesn't mean you at home cannot believe that he deserves it. It's not what we're talking about. It's who they're going to vote for. They're not going to vote for Jokic this year. They're not. And I'll say this as well about Denver, who's been on now a lot of people's darlings, but you know, probably one of the more underrated you know, reports that came out, it's because there's a whirlwind of everybody in the NFL was trading, the March Madness kind of ramping up. I don't know if Jamal Murray's playing basketball this year, and I don't know if Michael Porter mm. Jr. is playing basketball again this year. So the, oh my goodness, look at what Denver's been able to do. Jokic keeps them afloat. Well, that's going to probably carry over into the postseason, and that's probably a first-round exit. And a couple of weeks ago, there was optimism behind those reports that maybe Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. would both be back by the end of the regular season getting ready for that playoff push. We await their return, but maybe that's why the price on Denver at 15-1 to 1 now in the West, the, uh, the sixth-best odds in that conference at the moment is $5 longer than it was in the preseason when the Nuggets were 10-1. to 1. Meanwhile, Charlotte now, despite beating Brooklyn in Kyrie's debut in Barclays on Sunday night, a half game behind the Brooklyn Nets, Charlotte in that ninth spot in the Eastern Conference right now. The team in the West that you will see there with the third-best price in the Memphis Grizzlies and the team that you will see there with the second-best price in the Golden State Warriors at plus 340 they met last night there was no John Morant there was no Steph Curry there was no Clay Thompson there was no Draymond Green but for one side it does not matter if their all-star is playing or not because the Memphis Grizzlies now Kevin after whooping on the Warriors last night 123.95 without John Morant in the lineup this year Memphis is 18 in two no jaw no problem for the Grizzlies and nearly a 30 point victory over the dubs last night this is the thing. They win all of the games by 30. Like, they're not eking anything out. They smashed Milwaukee. They won by 12 versus Brooklyn. Jaron Jackson Jr. also didn't play in this game. Like, the Grizzlies, it's incredible to watch. With that being said, if I told you that a team was 18-2 and two without their superstar, you'd probably say then when they have their superstar, they're legitimately going to win the title. John Moran is tremendously exciting. John Moran was always overrated in the MVP race. John Moran is not a top 10 player in the NBA. And that's okay. It's year three. This is a very young core. But Memphis now, with the second-best record in the sport, we're talking, is this team live to win a title? 
I still have my hesitations because this 18 and 2 without John nonsense is not going to continue into a postseason. Nobody, thankfully, I see delivering their better without Jaw takes. But the problem is they don't have yet a super, super, super top five player in the sports star. And again, that's okay. But I think it answers as to why Memphis is still not seeing the results match the price in the futures market. And maybe that's the predictive nature of those odds, but perhaps some value at plus 650 with that third best price to at least reach the Western Conference Finals and maybe some money line hedging opportunity for that series against potentially the Phoenix Suns, who are the favorites at a very short price at plus 115. The Warriors better odds again in the West than the Memphis Grizzlies, but the Grizz now a five-game lead for that stronghold for that second spot in the Western Conference. Desmond Bain last night, 22 points. Dylan Brooks, 21 points for the Memphis Grizzlies. Jordan Poole on the other side, 25 for the Warriors in the absence of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. The Warriors, by the way, have lost three straight and they've lost six of their last seven. Memphis has won five straight, covering in all five of those wins. Now we flip forward to tonight. Kevin brought it up just a few moments ago, a potential MVP battle in Philadelphia between the Sixers and the Bucks. Right now, Philly, a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home with an over-under against Milwaukee that has got up there to 232. Overnight last night, 227 in a hook, up by nearly five points now, Kev, for a total of 232 between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. Yeah, big-time totals. Been climbing even from when DR, uh, DRS and I did the early line. I think it was 229-and-a-half uh, at that point there, right? So you can tell the expectation is points. But – and I've made the MVP point a lot. We can make it again. But I want to almost bring up the other side of this whole thing. The Sixers need this game. If yeah. I'm going to take them any bit serious in this postseason. Need it gotta have it show me something every single chance they have to make a statement versus the best teams in the sport they make a statement it's that we're not a legitimate contender at home even rest need to see a sixers win now that's not what i would bet i'd bet the box because again the sixers have shown every single time they lose this game I take the Giannis 30 points and a Bucks win player performance double and watch Giannis's 10 to 1 odds win MVP cut in half. That's how I think this all plays out here. But if Philly gets this win, things in the perception around it changes greatly. But I believe within my heart of hearts that this is the game that completely flips the MVP race on its head and that minus 190 number and the Giannis insane 10 to 1 price are moved mm. drastically after Giannis continues to show that he's the best player on the court when that game is about to be played tonight. It's very interesting because right now the minus 195 price on Joel Embiid would lead us to believe the award is wrapped up here in the final two weeks of this NBA regular season for JoJo to win the most valuable player. And Giannis at 10 to 1 with the third best number, even far behind Nikola Jokic, who has the second best price at plus 165. JoJo coming off a 37-point, 15-rebound performance in a loss, albeit to the Phoenix Suns. And to echo Kevin's point, 
Philly here has only covered three times in their last 10 games. In their last 12 games, the Sixers are 7-5 and five straight up, but those five losses against playoff teams, the Heat, the Brooklyn Nets, and possibly the most disappointing performance we've seen out of an NBA team this season, the Denver Nuggets, the Toronto Raptors, and of course, the Phoenix Suns on Sunday afternoon. On the other side, though, Milwaukee not in a great spot. 4-10 and ten against a number when booked as a dog this year, not covering by nearly six points per game. It is the worst ATS and cover percentage of any team in the NBA when booked as a dog this season. We will look at the playoff picture, some play-in tournament implications up next here on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. April 12th. That is the day, the start of the play-in tournament, effectively starting the postseason for the National Basketball Association, otherwise known as the NBA. This is the morning after right here on SportsGrid on Tuesday, March 29th. I am Ben Stevens, and he is Kevin Walsh alongside for the ride here in this opening hour of TMA. So with the play-in tournament, Kev, on the horizon, a little less than two weeks away, it's time to look at some of the odds and how the standings stack up in both the East and the West. And then outside of the play-in tournament, can these teams that will be in the play-in tourney make some noise once we get to the actual, I guess you could call it, NBA playoffs? So let's start in the East. And right now you will see a very steep price on the Brooklyn Nets to be a factor in this play-in tournament. Currently in that eighth spot, in the Eastern Conference at minus 2,100. The Cleveland Cavaliers at minus 280 in that seventh spot. You do not see a price on the Atlanta Hawks or the Charlotte Hornets. Charlotte in that ninth spot, Atlanta at number 10. The reason why, it seems pretty firm that both of those teams will be there. Kev, when you look at these odds, they say to me the Eastern mm -hmm. Conference play-in tournament is rather set. What do they say to you? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think the fact that it is only one game separating Cleveland, Toronto, and Chicago is you might see the Cleveland number a little too strong, though, at minus 280, which means the value is on that either Toronto or Chicago. We're not getting yeah. no prices here. Chicago tonight on the second leg of a back-to-back -back goes to Washington as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Bulls just lost to the Knicks, and the Knicks were in a bad schedule spot, having traveling and being on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. I know Detroit to New York, but still, at the end of the day, a rest advantage for the Chicago Bulls that was not taken advantage of. That's kind of where we sit right now. Obviously, the Evan Mobley uh, injury, I don't know how many people caught that. It was Cavs magic, not the star game of the slate, but Mobley only played 13 minutes, and who knows what his kind of usage will be the final week and a half or so left in this regular season here. I look at those odds. The Knicks have no chance. Again, the Nets minus 2,100. Nobody's betting that. If you think they can climb into a seven spot or a six spot, excuse me, you, you'd need a yes. There's nothing you can do there. If you wanted to take it, if you wanted to, you could take a swing on Chicago. But as you said, for the most part, we kind of seem to know where we are. 
Chicago at plus 550 is very interesting because Chicago at the All-Star break was tied atop the Eastern Conference. Since then, they are 5-11 and and have not covered in those 11 losses for the Chicago Bulls since returning from that All-Star break. Cleveland did snap a three-game losing skid with a six-point win over the Orlando Magic at home last night, but did not cover as nearly a nine-point favorite. They have not covered in five straight but again the odds seem relatively set right now the bulls really aren't seeing red at the moment which is kind of sad for me because i was seeing red at the all-star break now the western conference kev is very very interesting and i want to direct your eye to two prices that i'm sure you know very well at this moment the san antonio spurs beating the houston rockets on the road last night now just a half game back from that 10th and final spot in the western conference playoff picture slash play in tournament a half game back of those la lakers and the spurs now have better odds to be in the play in tournament at minus 165 than that of the lake show at minus 125 the lakers a 12 point dog on the road in dallas tonight lebron james has been ruled doubtful for this matchup against the mavericks is it red alert concern time for los angeles kevin oh i mean obviously um Yes. I don't know how to rationalize a team that has an ability to consistently get up by double digits but not hold those leads. Like, they were up 23 on the Pelicans. They were up 16 on the Wizards. Lost both of those games. Hold on to those leads. We're not having this conversation. I think one of the reasons the Spurs are in front of the Lakers, though, in the odds is not just the Lakers 12 point dog status tonight, but holding the tiebreaker, which would officially push San Antonio in front of Los Angeles tonight, despite holding the same record. Here's really the big thing for me. Uh, The game after Dallas, they go to Utah on a Thursday. They're home Friday versus the Pels. I'm wondering if the Lakers punt the Utah game basically another week of rest for LeBron and also welcome back Anthony Davis for their final six games and see if they can run it that way. I think the other big problem for the Lakers is the Spurs play the Blazers twice and they should kick that entire organization out of the NBA. Yeah. The Blazers are actively trying to lose basketball games right now. Lost in overtime at home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. You know. No, it's hey, a disgrace. Tangy Tuesday. It's a disgrace. <laughs> it's a t- they just caught points from the Rockets, the Rockets, and the Thunder in three straight games and lost all three. Didn't cover. I mean, they're they're tanking out there in overtime. You listen, people that adore the NBA watch every game can't name a player on the starting five, much less the starting five. What the Blazers are. I mean, yesterday they shut the whole team down. I mean, they should have. Why didn't they shut Chauncey down? I mean, is his calf hurting him from standing on the sideline yelling, "What are you doing"? I mean, the Blazers should be kicked out from the NBA. A season of relegation, just one. One season of relegation. Force Lillard to request a trade out and stop wasting my time. Time to run from the grind. I've had enough. Let's get the G League Ignite up, and we'll move the Portland Trail Blazers down. Exactly. I'm all cool with exactly. relegation. I think it could benefit vision. American professional sports. Is Anthony Simons not playing for the Blazers right now either? No, no. Oh. no he, he, like, won a game in Milwaukee, and they were like, what? Your calf hurts, pal. Sit on down. It was crazy. Yeah, that is uh, not a great look for Portland at the moment. 21 games below 500 at 27 and 48 now for the Blazers, who have lost 
four in a row. But again, we're talking about the Pelicans, Lakers, and Spurs here, and only a game difference between those three teams. The Pelicans knocking off the Lakers on Sunday night, coming back from down by 23 points to beat Los Angeles, despite 39 points from LeBron James. They are a half game in front of the Lakers at the moment, and the Clippers are four games in front of the Pels for that eighth spot. It seems that the Clippers in that eighth spot rather secure. They are six and a half back of the T-Wolves, who are now two games back of the Nuggets, who are in the sixth spot, and Minnesota in that seventh spot. So now let's look at the odds to make the postseason in both of these conferences. And we begin in the East. The Cavs are minus 355. The Hornets are plus 260 to get into the playoffs. The Nets, minus 600 to emerge out of that Eastern Conference play-in tournament. And the price on the Hawks, to me, is a little bit intriguing at plus 225. Here's why I think the price for the Hawks, who reached the Eastern Conference Finals last year and would have given the Bucs a better test had it not been to the injury of Trey Young, is pretty interesting to me right now, Kev, because they've won two straight, four of their last six. They have covered in every win in that span and still hold the greatest phenomenon in all of the NBA, in my opinion. They have not covered in any of their 38 losses this year, and they've been a dog in 28 of 75 games. Anyway, the potential for Atlanta here in the play-in tournament is interesting to me with that plus money price because as it stacks up right now, the 7-8 game in the play-in tournament with the winner into the Eastern Conference playoffs is that seventh seed is going to be at the moment between Cleveland and Brooklyn. We would all assume that a healthy Brooklyn Nets team wins that basketball game, which means that Cleveland is the loser having to play the winner of Charlotte and Atlanta. I would give, based on those odds, the Hawks a chance to be the favorite in that game, and then you have Cleveland and Atlanta with maybe a banged-up Evan Mobley down the stretch here of this NBA regular season. Thus, I think a plus 280 price, or plus 225 price, excuse me, on Atlanta might be some value in the Eastern Conference. Kevin, am, am I crazy for thinking such a thing? You're not crazy, but I actually think we're making this harder on ourselves than it needs to be, right? Like, like throw me, you threw me the lob. Let me see if I can dunk this. Let's bet a bigger plus money price with the same thought process and bet the Cavs to miss. Because I think almost anybody sure. is going to agree Brooklyn's going to be favored over Cleveland. Let's not worry about getting Hornets Hawks right in the 9 10 game. If you love Atlanta, hmm. you'll be able to make money in the game. You'll be able to, the spread won't be big enough, even if Atlanta moved up to the nine spot and hosted that game. And now I've got the Hawks at plus 270, if it's the Hawks, to beat the Cavs instead of plus 225. So I, I think you're on to it, but I think the Cavs to miss is your best number. I like that. I like the plus 270 look. Now to the Western Conference, where I think there is value in the same spot when you look at that eight seed currently in the Clippers because let's say the Lakers do go on a run here in the final six games of this regular season I think the Lakers are going to be favored of course in that matchup against the loser of the seven eight games so thus the value on the Lakers at plus 470 on the yes or maybe even the Pels Kev who are playing good basketball at the moment they've won four of their last six at plus 360 I think that's value as it pertains to the relative market against the Clippers who are struggling right now. Yeah, the thing is, PG's on the way back, mm. which is obviously, you know, can change some things. The two numbers that catch my eye, 
because I only need one game to go correct for me, and then you, it, the numbers are so big, would either be the Spurs at plus 11.20, right? You just need them to get in, honestly, and you go from there. But the Spurs at 11.20 or the Timberwolves at plus 8.80 to miss and just hope that one of those, you know, they win or lose their first game and then you can kind of go from there. Those are just right. monster, monster numbers when we're talking single elimination scenarios. And when you have those monster numbers, you have the hedging opportunities for a single game. We look at the final four. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome to the early line for the final four this upcoming Saturday in New Orleans right here on SportsGrid. This is actually the morning after, or maybe better said, it's a tangy Tuesday on the early after because one of the co-hosts of that lovely program known as the early line, Kevin Walsh, is here alongside me. I am Ben Stevens. So let's take a look at the matchups for the final four this Saturday night in New Orleans. The first game up, Kev, and that early line perspective We've seen a small bit of movement, but now back to those opening numbers. It is Villanova and Kansas. And right now, the Jayhawks, a four-and-a-half-point favorite over the Wildcats. No movement on that spread as of yet. We did see the total at 133 drop to 132-and-a-half overnight. But on this tangy Tuesday morning, back to that opening number of 133 for an over-under between Villanova in Kansas. Kevin, where do you expect these numbers between the Jayhawks and the Cats to move prior to Saturday? I think the number can, it, it appears like it'll keep going to Kansas's side. However, my question to you is, <laughs> is Justin Moore really worth this much? Because... I don't think this line is more than one and a half, if not for a Justin Moore injury. Really good player, really good season. They run a short rotation. I got you. Justin Moore's worth three full points at the college level. I have my doubts. It's such a good point, Kev, because when you compare this line move, to other lines that we see across sports, and maybe that's apples to oranges. I'm not entirely sure, but a three-point line move is something like a starting quarterback in the NFL missing a week, not a guy that is a part of a seven-person rotation. And again, this is not taking anything away from Justin Moore, a debilitating injury at the end of a happy moment for Villanova, holding on to win by six over Houston in the Elite Eight on Saturday night to reach the third final four in five NCAA tournaments for Villanova. But that being said, is it worth a point and a half? Is it worth two points? Is it worth three? Because I agree with Kev. I think the largest spread we would see with Justin Moore in the lineup, probably two and a half in favor of Kansas. And Villanova has played one game without Justin Moore this year. It's a game they won over St. John's when they had not 
Ryan Archidiacono, but Chris Archidiacono fill in, and he posted nine points, and it was a part of that rotation. And it's not like this injury happened in the Sweet 16 on a Thursday night, and then they were playing in the Elite Eight on a Saturday night. It's a big gap to fill. Do not get me wrong. Justin Moore is averaging nearly 15 points per game. He has scored in double digits in 11 of the last 15 for Villanova. And for a team that is efficient offensively, but as we have seen, points and possessions are at a premium to replace that scoring, to replace that option against a Kansas team in the Final Four is going to take some work. But they have a week. And they have Jay Wright, who is one of the best three coaches in all of college basketball. So I feel like you can make up that ground. And yes, Kev, that's where I look at Villanova here and think you're giving the Cats a lot of points for a team that has the experience in these spots. I think they have the advantage in the coaching matchup here against Bill Self, especially now in the Final Four. And frankly, I've been a little down on Kansas throughout this run in the NCAA tournament. The Midwest region was a joke. The Midwest region was the softest path to the NCAA tournament's Final Four that we have seen, and I don't believe Kansas has truly been tested yet, except for two other teams coming out of the Big East where Kansas did not cover as a favorite against both Providence mm -hmm. in the Sweet 16 and Creighton in the round of 32. So I think it's a lot of points on Villanova. I'm even intrigued at that money line number on the Wildcats as well. Yeah, it's a good point by you, right? The two toughest games they didn't cover came from the same conference. Uh, and, you know, this is a Nova group that's been perfect ATS through the tournament. Uh, they've been outperforming their spreads, no doubt about it. Not only, and I'm glad you made the point about the time that they have to prepare for Moore's absence, but also Villanova, if they have, because everyone talks about, oh, they only run out six guys, they just lost one. Nobody wants to play five guys for 40. I'll tell you this, though. And here's why I think right now, if you're making me bet this game, I'm betting the under. I think Villanova is going to go so slow, you check if your TV's frozen. Because they're going to keep those, even if they don't play a full 40, Ben, that starting five is mm. going to play no less than 35 minutes each, probably, yep. in this game. Yep. The tempo is going to bleed slow because that's what Nova would have wanted to do anyway, and especially versus Kansas, as we saw what Kansas was able to do versus Miami when they were able to run out in transition. And that's why I think the under jumps out because if the Justin Moore thing really crushes Nova, well, it can crush them on the offensive side of the ball. Their efficiency lacks then on that end and the game can still travel under. My early thoughts on Kansas Nova would be to go under the 133. The 14th slowest tempo in all of college basketball. That is the pace that Villanova plays at, but they're the ninth most efficient offense. So that means that when they have possessions, they score, but they try to slow down the game so that those possessions come at a premium. KU plays at a much faster tempo, the 61st fastest in all of college basketball. But still, I think that if Villanova can dictate some of the pace in this game, I would echo Kevin's point. And then if you do truly lose some of that offensive production out of Justin Moore, maybe we lean to an under. That was the initial move down to 132 in a hook last night, back to 133 this morning. We have seen some movement for Duke in North Carolina. The first ever meeting 
between these two bitter rivals and maybe the most storied rivalry in all of college athletics now in the NCAA tournament. And how apropos the narratives and the storylines and all that goes into Coach K's final season, his final trip to the Final Four, his last dance, and he gets a matchup against his most bitter rival in North Carolina. Line opened at four and a half in favor of Duke. It is now just four in favor of Duke. You take the hook off, it has worked in advantage of UNC. That total is up there as well, 151 for an over-under. Kevin, I thought we would see some movement in North Carolina's favor, mm -hmm. but I don't think this is public movement this early on. This happened yesterday afternoon on a Monday, and I know a lot of the public wants to fade Coach K and Duke in this spot, maybe hoping that North Carolina can play spoiler once again, but I think that public movement comes Thursday, Friday. I think some of the sharp money is on North Carolina early. Yeah, I think that certainly can be the case there. I think a lot of people are looking to probably look. Let me just grab some points. We're, we're this deep into the tournament, right? The dogs have been delivering. We've seen North Carolina prove that they can beat this Duke team. I will say this. I, I've found that people have um, overvalued how Duke is going to be bet in this tournament, to be honest with you, Ben. Mm. Uh, you told me, man, you know, you're paying that Duke tax. The game was pick shaded Texas Tech. There was no tax to be found. Got to think Arkansas is the sharp side here, man. People are going to be climbing that Duke number up to five, six, maybe seven by tip. Didn't move an inch. Didn't move an inch. I'm not going to – I've been doing it all week. I can't do it again. People like, ah, oh, you knew Duke UNC were going to play. Tournament's fixed. You're a jabroni. Why wasn't it your bracket? Why didn't you have it bet then? You're a complete fool. You shouldn't say that. And I'd lock your Twitter account for 24 hours if that was your take. Personally, I'm just trying to help you out because you're embarrassing yourself. Here's the thing, and this is my biggest thing with North Carolina. Like, these are two teams that I've been high on. I had Duke in my national championship game. I Like, you know, it was one of those things where, like, not many people were, oh, K's last ride, they're going all the way. No, way more people were desperate to fade the ACC, which did not work out. You fade the Big Ten. Everybody knows that, including Ben. And North Carolina, who I had losing to Marquette, and I was obviously very wrong about, but right after that game, I said, this is not an overreaction. It's a very, very good team. Beat yeah. Baylor, had them beating UCLA the whole way. They beat St. Peter's like any powered team would it be able to do that deep into, uh, you know, the tournament there. Again, any team with any self-respect would be able to eliminate St. Peter's that deep into the tournament. Shouldn't have any problem with it. Armando Baycott probably put up a performance that if I were, mm, I don't know, 7-4, I'd probably be watching going, huh, why couldn't I do that? Instead got glued to the bench for 10 minutes like a complete jabron. I don't know. Ultimately, all I'm saying is, is both of these teams have, because of their conference, I think people have kind of, eh, like, both of these groups I've been high on, which makes it difficult for me early on the side. The Big Ten State. Carolina, yeah, I know. That was all tangy slander of Purdue, by the way, yeah, if you yeah. could not follow what Kevin was doing right there. Armando Baycott, though, you're right. 20 points, 22 boards in that win over St. Peter's. What you need to do in that moment. I will also look at the three-point shooting numbers for this matchup between Duke and North Carolina. And we'll discuss those later on this week. But North Carolina has upped their usage from deep. And it's been led by Caleb Love 
in Brady Manic, even different than where North Carolina stood in that regular season finale, the final game inside Cameron Indoor for Coach K, in which UNC was booked as an 11-point underdog, and they beat Duke by 13 points, winning outright as an underdog, which they have done now twice in the tourney against Baylor and against UCLA. But we can also take a bigger picture perspective here with Kevin Walsh on this tangy Tuesday on the morning after. And it's interesting to me, Kevin, when you look at the name, the finalist category for the national championship, trying to predict the matchup we will see six days from now in New Orleans to decide a national champion in the Big Easy. Duke and Kansas, obviously the shortest price at plus 125. Duke is the favorite to win the title at plus 165, and Kansas is right behind at plus 185. But Nova against Duke is a shorter number than Kansas against North Carolina. Of course, Duke incorporated in that number, but it would seem that UNC is a shorter underdog on the spread than Nova against Kansas, yet Duke and Villanova, a shorter price for a matchup in the national championship than the other way around. What I like about... um this market is that it's dressed up as name the finalist this is just a money line parlay on saturday yep. like unc nova parlay together is plus 591 not plus 550 like i don't mean to burst bubbles on the fizz diz spiz but um that's just a money line parlay mark. Like North Carolina, yeah. Kansas is plus 293 when you pair them together. So here's some value on plus 310. If you intended, you get plus 126 instead of 125. If you're so inclined, hold on, I'll finish this out here. I'll give you the last one. Plus 298 on the Duke Nova. So, uh, yeah. look, yeah, you can, uh, you can beat the number if you like UNC Kansas and name the finalists. That's my cap. That's good. I mean, it's the right cap to do. We always provide value here on the early after. Duke, by the way, plus 160 to win the Natty. Kansas, plus 180. I had five cents of difference in those numbers. And you will also see from an exact result perspective that Duke is featured in four of the top five odds. Kansas in all three of those best odds. But Duke and Villanova, at least Duke over Villanova, is plus 500. That 2016 result, by the way, for a national championship rematch between Villanova and North Carolina, 11 to 1. We round out the opening hour next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. talk about an undecisive public here to round out our number one of the morning after on this tangy tuesday right here on the spiz grizz network i am ben stevens kevin walsh has been here for the entirety of the opening hour and we asked the public some thoughts on favorites this weekend in new orleans for the final four kansas a four and a half point favorite currently duke a four point favorite over north carolina the public didn't have much to say but we'll let you know what those results are right now and fade the public an even split kevin walsh an even 50 50 split in the fade the public poll early in the week which favorite has the best shot of covering in the final four kansas laying four and a half 
against Villanova. Duke as a four-point favorite against North Carolina. And right now, of this poll, at SportsGrid TV on Twitter, 50% saying Kansas, 50% saying Duke. Might be a little bit different than the numbers you are seeing there. This poll's still active right now on Twitter. Again, at SportsGrid TV. Kevin Walsh, which favorite do you think has a better chance of covering in the Final Four in New Orleans? I think I'll probably end up preferring the points, but I, I guess I'm more likely to back Duke than Kansas. I, I think we broke it down, you know, uh, and kind of made our cases through that what i'm very interested in might as well just kind of to button up all the lines we were talking about is that buck 51 number in the duke mm. game i mean it has been mm. under city here and i mean it'd be what a what a treat that would be for that game to deliver some juice in the way uh, that it is uh anticipated that'd be nice to see i don't know if it gets there i don't know if you can bet a game that high with the way things have been going in the tournament but we shall see all four games in the Elite Eight under, but UNC a top 40 pace in the country. Duke, the most efficient offense in the country. Seven of the last 10 opponents against the Blue Devils have scored 70 or more. Okay, Dubs, joining us here on a tangy Tuesday. Kevin, as always, we appreciate your time. Hour number two up next.